From Immersive Labs, this is Cyberhumanity. Hello again all, I'm your host Chris Pace, joined once again by the cyber sausage, Max Vetter. Hello. Avenging researcher, Kev Breen. <laughs> Hi. And finally, Paul, I probably can't talk about that, Bentham. <laughs> Hello. In these podcasts, we try to look at cybersecurity from a human point of view, social engineering, hacker motivation, cyber crises, and more. These podcasts essentially come in two flavours, either we're ranting about themes close to the hearts of security types, or we're chatting about threat and security stuff from recent weeks. And this episode is one of those. So we're going to um, begin with a story that I think, well, Max and I think has everything it's amazing it's got a villain it's got intrigue it's got cops it's got it's techie got, it's stuff got cyber it's got it's the cybers uh, anonymity it's, it's covered in the cybers um it's all in there um, zero days uh, yeah there's a zero day in it um it's a thriller from start to it's an absolute page turner um and if you get the chance to read that the vice article about it you definitely should um and this is facebook helping law enforcement in the US, I think the FBI, to track down a uh, what they've described as a prolific um, child predator. Um, or we could subtitle this, Facebook um, hire hackers to exploit tales. Um, and, and that essentially is exactly what happened. So there's some things that I need to understand. Um, and the first thing I need to really understand, Max, is what is tails? And why does somebody who is a prolific predator, why are they using tails? Yeah, so tails is a um, software, a bit of software that was created by um, the Tor project. And so Tor, if you don't know, it's a anonymity software that uses multiple proxy servers to bounce people around. Uh, Developed for human rights um, people initially, but used by everyone from government, human rights, and bad guys as well. Uh, and Tails it basically takes that to the next level, where it's a whole operating system. Uh, and Tails is set—you know—the settings in Tails means you have to put it on a USB stick or an SD card. I've got my copy on a micro SD card, so the micro SD card will fit in anything. And then you plug it in, and it runs directly from that. Um, SD card therefore it leaves nothing on the computer and it also runs all the communications through Tor so even if you're on uh, some network somewhere uh, all you'll see is some encrypted Tor traffic you won't no no imprint will be left on that computer for digital evidence capture or anything so it basically takes anonymity and, and um, that privacy stuff to to the next level and again it's developed by a um, an open source project but uh, obviously used by uh, bad guys in this in this case uh, pedophile as well and the idea is that he can he is completely anonymous behind this behind this operating system he's, yeah, he's invisible basically tor has kind of been known uh, it, it, tor is how the well-known dark web runs uh, through the tor network and um this this is used by lots of people and t tails itself is is the kind of gold standard of, of that and because of the way it's developed it's, it's amazing that they've managed to catch him for a start and this is what from my perspective both as a ex-police officer and um, someone who's who's worked in, in the dark web and under, understands this stuff i'm very really interested to see how how they've done it um, because it's quite clever if they how, however they managed it 
They're never going to tell us how they did They're it. They're not giving anything away. No, no, yeah. they, they, they won't. Because even, even if we work out... So well, well, we'll get into it about the zero day. But yeah, it's, um, it's a pretty interesting story. Because obviously the other side of it is they've taken a very dangerous person. Uh, and hopefully he's going to get a very long time in jail uh, for this and, and protect those, those youngsters that he was attacking. That is the context for this, is that Facebook um, have decided to become involved in this case in particular because they identified this user of their platform as basically the nastiest user of their platform that there was. And so um, they took quite personally the idea of being able to uh, remove him from the remove him from the platform um, and also, of course, ensure that he um, he was brought to to face justice. Uh, and the way this has played out uh, is that essentially uh, Facebook decided not to most obvious thing you you might think would be to open a backdoor in their own platform that might give them uh, access to be able to see where he was connecting from or other things on the operating system that he was connecting from or whatever because um, he would obviously have to run uh, you know fa- uh, the facebook web application in order to be able to uh, to use uh, facebook but instead what they did is they identified that he was da- obviously downloading videos uh, and so could see that he was using the video player within tails and so they sent him they effectively sent him a a video that was an exploit and when he opened that file um, it revealed his true ip think that's what i think that's broadly what happened yeah yeah exactly he so his his mo was um say to these uh, underage uh girls on girls i'm not sure boys as well um that he had nude pictures of them and then over years would basically terrorize them uh sending them things say, saying he'd kill them saying he'd come to his school and get more um uh, sexually explicit things from them and this how he got caught was the fbi sent him a uh, essentially a, a payload a video that had something in it which would exploit the zero day within tails to find his real ip address and for me that's the kind of the technical interesting bit i do think it's worth i do think it's worth remembering that um Facebook and other providers do work with law enforcement in a standard way. So if they get a what I mean, certainly in UK law, and I'm sure it's the same in US law, they if they get a warrant from an authority from a judge signed, then they will disclose information related to bad actors on their platform. That's part of the whole um, license to operate within the within the US or UK uh, jurisdiction. I think Facebook in this particular instance, of course giving away the ip address of the person who's connecting wasn't relevant because they were anonymized behind the tour network and i think it's important to remember facebook had been on this guy there was a like a specific dedicated team in facebook for one person that's how bad he uh, he was uh that had been tracking him for i, I think it's years mm. and and they had and he had been taunting them as well so before it even gets to this like really interesting almost surgical strike against this guy very very specific they had and they must have been racking their brains for years over how to capture him and stop what he was doing the the interesting thing there is facebook had the opportunity to put something into their own platform that could have like they could have built their own uh exploit in their own platform targeting that one specific person um but instead um they chose to go externally to buy in an exploit in a third party uh application rather than 
building it into their own. And I, th- I suppose an interesting part there is if they'd approved it in their own platform, there's no going back from that. If you can do it once on Facebook, then the FBI can turn around and say, well, you did it before, you can do it again. I have another slightly uh, additional angle to this that I was thinking about here as well. If I'm Facebook and I want to stop this guy, that's my stated, like, this guy is taking advantage of underage uh, children on my platform. Why don't I just block all Tor exit nodes from connecting to my platform? Uh, There's so many people who use journalists in foreign countries in Iran. Like, they use Tails, uh, they use Tor to protect their privacy so that they can get the news out of those countries. Uh, if you look at places like China, China's great firewall, uh, blocking all of those all those bits and pieces. So tails for them, it's their lifeline. Uh, that's how they operate. And I mean, I, I've I stopped think... using my Facebook account. It's that annoying. Like, it's <laughs> a lifeline. Like, find something else. <laughs> I I think they they from reading it. Um, and again, we will get into the ethical, moral sides of of buying an exploit and doing it for the FBI, for the FBI. Um, but the they seem to have done a balanced view of they clearly didn't want to do it in their own platform because as you said the fbi could just come calling every day and go oh we've got this got this other person it could be from anything uh not as serious as this can you can you hack them and but then it, i think they balanced they just want to target this guy and they made that quite explicit and i think there's there is a balance we uh, people privacy uh, advocates may be up in arms about them them hacking tails but um, it's definitely they were only targeting this guy, uh, and that's the interesting part about it. Is they and they they got him. That's the tactical answer. <laughs> There's a more <laughs> there is a there is a broader uh, moral conversation to be had about. Uh, so last week, for example, we talked in quite a lot of depth about uh, the Dark Basin Group and Hacker for Hire and all that kind of stuff. We talked about all that stuff. And now this week we're saying, uh, you know, Facebook hired a hacker to build them a zero day, and that's fine. So we money exchanging know. hands, money exchanging hands for the exploit for the like for whatever reasons for the exploitation of a bit of software to open up to open a vulnerability in it um, is is what is what they've done. So the question we have to ask is, like, what makes that okay, and which governments are allowed to do it and which ones aren't? We don't know what they mean by hacker. Like they, we don't know whether they went to the dark web and hired a hacker uh, or whether they came to somebody who does exploit development like somebody from the Zero Day Project um, who does this for a, a blue team dating living. We don't know who it was. We don't know what they did. Um, so it might uh, it might not be as dark seeded as that. It's interesting. The reason they passed it to the FBI is right. They, they, they do not have uh, the legal authority to hack their users because Facebook aren't allowed to do that. But the reason they gave it to the FBI is FBI do. If they get a warrant, it's signed by a judge. That is that is democracy. You know, if if you do something bad, we will impinge on your <laughs> your human rights a bit under a warrant uh, because um, that is that is um, we're allowed to do that. And I think that's that's what they've done here. There was a bit in the article that I I didn't realize was a thing. Uh, and Senator Ron Wyden, in a statement, says, did it submit the zero day for review by the interagency vulnerabilities equity process, uh, which is a process by which they should uh, review this and determine whether it should details of this should be made public or not. So there is oversight available for these kinds of things, and it seems that maybe that wasn't followed in this place, or uh, maybe they uh, they did follow that process and it was deemed something they didn't have to release. And of course, I mean, this is the the absolute fundamentals of all this. Do I keep it or release it for patching? Like, 
that's a fundamental thing. Like, look at the FBI. They could have kept that. And how many other people are using towels with that video download? They've burnt that equity for one obviously very prolific criminal what they did find so the reason facebook kind of moved up uh, the uh, the 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 timing of it was that they saw the patch that was coming out would had patched the code and so that's the reason they and and so that kind of made it even uh, more targeted in the way that if you use it this time you'll get him if you don't if you how use it tails, after that you're not how did tails find it uh, they didn't they naturally patched out uh, the exploit. So just a normal update. Just a normal patch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, broke yeah. the um, broke what it was. And um, what is the process for Tails updating? Does it do that automatically? Is it an internet connected thing, or do you have to download a new version of the OS? Well, this every is, time? That's that's the interesting thing because it sits on a USB outside the company, uh, outside the com- computer. Sorry, I'm excited um, <laughs> because it, because it sits outside that updating most people won't update it for a long time so yeah a lot of tail versions of tails this is a caveat they used in the article the, the the fbi and facebook both said oh it's okay um this isn't a zero day anymore now because we know it's been patched so it's all fine but you're saying basically the reality is that most people who use it are not going to update it for some period of time so actually many people would still remain vulnerable to this particular kind of attack it's, it's actually I've, called very... it an, I've just called it an attack <laughs> this particular exploit it is it is an attack whether it's a uh, a negative bad attack or a good attack i mean tails is actually very difficult to install you need two different um you can only install it from another um usb key so you need two plugged in to install it onto the other one so th- that is fairly laborious so i would suggest people aren't doing that that often either i don't think there's a cl- i think this is a gray area clearly so I don't think that any of us have opinions about this that are po- that are polarized, black or black or white. But it'd be interesting to just go around the table here and understand how pe- how this instinctively makes us feel. I'll go first. It makes me a little disconcerted that this kind of thing could happen potentially in the wrong context. There is no argument that what happened here probably needed to happen. I'm just not sure about how I feel about that approach being taken more broadly, for example. Uh, Kev, what do you think? Obviously, absolutely the right reasons for doing it. And I think if they come out and release all the details of the exploit, exactly how it worked, uh, exactly what the exploit was, how to patch it, formal patches, if they come out with that, then I'm all for this um, this kind of thing. Uh with the requirement that the FBI gets the proper legal validations in order to like the Facebook have been tracking this guy for years. They're, they know exactly who they're targeting. If they'd have taken two days to decide to target, no, but uh, in this situation and situations like this, uh, I'm all for it. As long as they follow up with the full disclosure afterwards. Max. Yeah. I mean, as a, <laughs> as an ex, I'm going to be more uh, sided with, you know, having read it, I've, I've done a lot of research into attacks on Tor, and there are lots out there. And 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 the Tor project, I'm a massive advocate for Tor. I think it's a really good uh, thing for human rights. But I also am never surprised that people are trying to hack it because I know how many criminals use it, and I don't feel bad about that. I don't. I don't think it's bad to have both be for Tor and be for attacking it if you're going after uh, bad guys with a warrant. So I don't see any problem there. 
Facebook have a responsibility for its users. So there are children using Facebook and they are being exposed to people like this to, to be taken advantage of. And I'm aghast, really, that Facebook didn't do more in the two years this guy was taking advantage of children. Like, it's disgusting that Facebook didn't do more. They could have done, should have done more. And if I have to believe that they couldn't do any more, that he was creating a random account after random account after random account and they couldn't track him or they could see those accounts, but he, they couldn't like it. It I there's something missing in this story that they had to reach out to do a um, to get an exploit into uh, tails in order to de-anonymize his IP. I, it, they should have been able to do more. And even, frankly, and I know the argument about Iranian and uh, and Chinese users trying to get on Facebook, it's Facebook. Like, it's not an essential service. So block actors coming in from anonymized services because, frankly, it is not, it's not acceptable that Facebook's allowing that to happen to its users. Well, I, I disagree. I mean, from Facebook's perspective, you know, the Arab Spring, uh, Facebook was pretty um, influential in that. You can't block at every every input from from the tour tour um project because there is a lot um a lot of good going on there as well so it is but i i agree you know facebook as we've seen in the news this week facebook is under the you know they don't check a lot of the stuff that goes on there and they've said they it's not up to them to to check that but they, it was interesting how they did look at um they had they developed an algorithm specifically to find this guy uh, creating new accounts so clearly they had put a lot of resources into it um but yeah taken some time do you don't um does anyone believe that they had a responsibility to at least let tails know that that that, that vulnerability existed because tails hadn't tails had no had no clue um that that to me felt a little unnecessary like i think there was the a F- vulnerability uh, in their software but the, F- the fbi i think would never you know, it's an ongoing operation about some lives are at risk. They, yeah. they, they have, you know, that's not even on their roadmap of of doing the responsible agree. disclosure. Yeah, yeah, not not during and not immediately afterwards, but at at some point. And I suppose that's what's happened. Like they've come out and they've said this is exactly what we did. So um, I think on balance, they've got the right amount of disclosure. In this instance, I'm kind of with Paul. Like. I would I wouldn't have been unhappy if this report turned around and said that Facebook had installed a very specific backdoor to target this individual yeah. and others like him he's not the only one there's going to be more predators like him I am all for Facebook building something that allows them to track them the problem we have is the oversight around when they implement that and I think that's that's the hard thing and that's what uh, that's what we need to figure out well not we but that's what the industry needs to figure out how do we make sure that we're using this properly but i'm all for having that tech in place there's a there was a lot of conflict amongst the interviewed you know they interviewed anonymous facebook employees and ex-facebook employees there was much conflict among those that they interviewed you could see there were some that were saying this should never happen a private enterprise should never be buying exploits from you know from from anybody this is this this there's something wrong um and then others who were saying you know this was the thing that need that needed to be dealt with um so there aren't there aren't easy answers to those moral questions um but as stories go that is an absolute belter although i do think that we're a little bit biased with there's too many of us law enforcement mindset yeah i'm definitely not a privacy advocate nobody nobody who's even if you're a privacy advocate 
I would find it hard to believe that anybody would be ready to say, oh, no, no, he should have um, just been left to carry you, on you, what he was you, doing. Yeah, but you should see te- the Tales discussion they have is like, no, 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 you should never, ever touch Tor. It doesn't I've matter that I've terrible thing goes on. on. I've yeah. seen people on Twitter saying that they're wrong and that no circumstances should have... Yeah, uh, privacy is more like, important than the, everything. The, the internet's a fucking horrible place. There are people who turned around and said, "Well, the parents should have been monitoring uh, their Facebook." Oh, like, yeah, exactly. It's parents so fault. the internet's parents such fault. a horrible place sometimes. All right, let us move on. But that was a cracker. Um, a South African bank has had to replace twelve million, I guess. Uh, debit cards maybe i don't know this is the banking division of south africa's post office post bank and they've lost more than 3.2 million dollars from fraudulent transactions and they will have to replace those 12 million cards uh, for their customers and it turns out this is because somebody printed is everyone paying attention printed (laughs) the bank's master key on a piece of paper at its old data center in the city of pretoria um the bank suspects that there are this might be insiders gone (laughs) (laughs) i tell you what it somewhere no they have got their best guys on this um because it turns out that someone printing it inside their data center was probably an employee um and it turns out this master key is a 36 digit code an encryption key that allows the holder to decrypt the bank's operations and access and modify banking systems and this is of course where the problem came it's also used to generate keys for the customer uh the customer cards so i just have so many (laughs) questions it's superman it's it's the superman film isn't it well, te- well, now you have to. T- I love how you say you always say these things, and you expect us all to go. Oh <laughs> yes, thank you, Paul, for your obscure seventies movie reference. You're gonna have to oh, tell us the story. Come on, you know I can't remember whether it's Superman one or two, but it's the it's the it's the film where they take one little like penny uh, of all the transactions and it gets oh, like i yeah. do remember oh, yeah. that actually right. yeah. thank you yeah. i don't think this is the same story but i just always like to shoehorn in a 70s movie reference <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the biggest question i have is how how in t- in 2020 is there a master key like that just feels so wrong that doesn't meet any of our normal requirements for like securing stuff what has gone on? Master keys are a perfectly valid thing. Like you shouldn't have one master key that controls your entire thing. I think that's what they um, had here. That's what they had there. But like you have master keys, uh, especially. So this is all around crypto. Um, so when you generate something cryptographically, if you want to be able to repeat that, you need to seed it. And if you're familiar with um, RSA tokens. Uh, the little device you have yeah. gives you a digit. Um, same principle behind those. So those all have a seed, um, and that's what allows it to work. Uh, and we've seen this before. So in 2011, RSA lost their seeds, their master advanced, password. Advanced persistent to an advanced <laughs> persistent threat, don't you know? So the same thing there. This isn't anything new. Uh, it's always going to be the way. Um you should have proper controls around it and you should never use one master key for everything in your organization. But master keys are a thing. But that's what I mean. So so that makes complete sense to me. But I was expecting that they would say, oh, you know, they got to one piece of the 
the key, but not like the whole thing. All of the operations, all of the banking systems, all of the card info. Something's that's something's wrong there, surely. Absolutely, but there's no legislation that tells banks how they should protect that, other than the fact that obviously they should protect it. You'll see some people will have that split up, and you'll need multiple people to be able to access it. Um, oh, like um, like in the movies when you, they have to put the key in at the same time and then another turn another nineties movies, right? Two, yeah. one. Well, actually, <laughs> yeah. that was in Stranger Things season three as well. So that's that's quite a modern. Reference. Yeah, but Stranger Things is basically a nineties TV show. Amazing, I might watch it again. Okay. <laughs> the fact is, everything has a root key. Right, that's when you're signing with a private key. Everything's going to have it, whether it's your passport, your driving license, your credit cards. This is pretty shocking that they left this like lying around on a printer. We've we've seen this recently with HTTPS. Um, so HTTPS certificates. When you get a certificate, that needs to be signed by a root authority. Uh, we've seen that those root authorities, their certificates, their master keys have expired, uh, and that's starting to impact a lot of IoT devices because they're no longer. Uh, valid so this concept of having a master key uh isn't anything new to the bank it's just making sure that you put a significant portion of your resource into protecting that and making sure that no one person can get it now this i wanted to ask about because here's another 90s movie reference what about mission impossible that first one where he has to break into that vault and go down on the thing and it can like sense his breath or something like that anyway there's loads of stuff there basically there's loads of security like what is imagine you had a secret special key what is the best way to keep it safe because we don't usually think about security in this way we think about layers of security for data but in this case we're talking about one piece of extremely sensitive data what is are the things that we can do with it in order to try to keep it safe it's not that simple it depends on where you need it if i only ever need it in special circumstances then i hire five people or, or i have five people in the company and they memorize a part each um and they, those guys can fine. never go on a plane together. Like blows exactly. no, like no, yeah. another story that I have because uh, when I used to work at a, a company that sold hard disk encryption, we went and met a drinks manufacturer in Scotland, um, very famous, very famous drinks manufacturer in Scotland who make an orange fizzy drink um, that's <laughs> super popular. I think it's made from gardas. Um, and they, and we, oh, I'm not Chris. kidding. You. I am not kidding you. This is absolutely true. We had a quite a long conversation with them about how two directors of the company knew the recipe, and there were a lot of things in place to protect that recipe if the worst were to happen. And one of them was that they couldn't fly together. Um, and the other thing that they wanted to do was to ensure that their, obviously their their laptops, which would also have this information on it, visiting suppliers and stuff like that, um, that their laptops were also effectively protected in the event that they lost them or they went missing or uh, or whatever. But I like the idea. I think five, it's interesting that we like tech is our whole job. And the first thing Kev says is, well, if you need to put it away and never get it out again, hire five men. I want to qualify that with that that you that works if you don't ever need to use it. The problem with crypto is uh, they're actually going to need to use it. They need to pull it out to generate the new keys. Was there a cascade here, then, Kev, where you could have like keys signed for a specific period and they use it for the year, and then you only have to you have to only have to get it out once a year or so. Yeah, so certificate authorities 
they they have the um signing ceremonies where they actually get the keys out of the safe and they go it's it's, it's like something like out of eyes wide shut or something where they, they have a ceremony Ooh, well, of game. Reference. <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> and they do they make it a ceremony where they invite like oh we're going to invite this director this time and, and to get the key out and then to sign a new year of, of certificates or whatever I think the thing we're missing here is that these people got this master key and then did 26,000 fraudulent transactions before anybody noticed. You missed a better bit before. They printed it out. (laughs) Even (laughs) write it down on a piece of paper or take a photo of it with their phone. Well, they they probably weren't allowed phones in there because there's security. In fairness, you have to give give Postbank some credit. They got a thing right that most companies have got wrong. Their printers worked. <laughs> <laughs> Why is there 26,000 fraudulent transactions that nobody noticed? Go on, Kev. Tell us a boring techie thing. So It's not a boring techie thing. It's actually a people thing. Uh, a significant portion of these cards are used for uh, the equivalent of like a state pension. Uh, and that's why they went unnoticed for so long. Oh, so they it were like rarely the used, rarely used cards. So people didn't notice that they were being frauded. And I suppose if you're an employee of the bank, you would know that those were the least noticed cards to it's process clever. those transactions on. I well, it's like not that. Cl- I mean, it's no, but not I do that like clever. It, but you've got to imagine the imagine the the um. Kahunas. Confid- you yeah, need kahunas. Kahunas. yeah, I know. You need kahunas I, I, for this. I'm trying to make a non-masculine reference. Imagine the confidence you've got to have as an insider to go. You know what? Screw my career. Screw my like um, my liberty. I have found a vulnerability here, and I'm going to exploit it. And twenty six thousand times later, I'm going to be a really <laughs> rich person. And then, of course, Superman two drive to work in my Ferrari because nobody would notice. Relatively, not that much money though. Three point uh, three point two million dollars uh, for twenty five thousand transactions. Isn't all right, that, that all right, rich, all right, rich boy. We're not all the chief cyber sausage. Yeah, if you're a if you're a um, like a boob from Sector Seven G, and and all you had to do all you had to do was print out something on a piece of paper, and now you're on the Cayman Islands, you probably think you've done you probably think you've done quite well out of it. I tell you the other thing, and I'm let's put let me put a five pound bet on this now. Let's revisit this story in a year, and I bet you they will not have found these people. I reckon they're gone. I reckon they're. But they didn't off. know who it is. No, they said they. Well, they suspect. Well, we're not being we're not being told about any arrests or anything like that, are we? So we know it's happened. They think they know who it is, but though, I tell you, those people are long gone. That's why they say they suspect an internal. I still don't know which episode of the Superman. I don't know which Superman episode it. Is. Are we moving on? I think we need to move on. You love you love a good porn story. And the, the, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the picture <laughs> on this one is ridiculous. In fairness, Max was the one who made us aware of the fappening, and I and so now the I've kind of yeah. subtitled this next story. <laughs> it's fappening all over again. Oh, <laughs> oh. Are we going to have to mark this one as uh, a yeah, expletive? NSFW. Yeah. I don't know. Is I don't know if if fapping is it like. Is it... <laughs> oh no. <laughs> 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 Is it please rude enough? Go- please don't Google this. Piece. Is it rude enough? Please it may not Google it. Anyway, the root of all this is in- Sorry, in- more insecure, more insecure AWS um, 
uh, buckets, S3 buckets. Uh, so badly configured AWS S3 bucket ends up uh, uh, leaking. Well, not really leaking, not even really breaching, just like other like people's exposing. random data yeah exposing <laughs> oh yeah let's keep going yeah, exposing go. uh <laughs> people's personals all over the all over the internet 45 gigabytes of people's personal data has been exposed from dating no. apps it's not data it's just pictures there's no pii in there what it's kind of it's kind of pii I think I think Kev Breen just described a photo of a person's face as not being personally identifiable. Maybe it's not just maybe it's not the face. Well, in, in in this case, in this case, many of those gigabytes are not faces. That's pretty. We, that's pretty clear. When we talk about PI. It, I will accept and concede <laughs> that yet a picture of your face is absolutely PII. But when we talk under about the data bits, Kev, breaches, under the bits, <laughs> under the bits, when we talk about data breaches and mention PII, we're typically talking about usernames, like dates of birth. Like, there's none of that in here. It's just pictures. Yeah, I don't think you've rescued that, Kev. But I no. think the most interesting part of this story is the name of these. Yeah, the, na- the names are the same. They're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. amazing. Let's just get to it. The only reason that Paul wanted us to feature this story <laughs> is so that he could now go what's, through what's your saying the names we're, we're, of the applications. My favorite one here is like, who on earth? decides that i'm really lonely i need i need somebody in my life <laughs> and i'm gonna choose an online dig i mean i've got to do it it's 2020 after all mm, there's e-harmony mm, there's match mm, i'm not sure about those two. Ooh, herpes dating <laughs> yeah that's yeah. the one for me yeah but you know you know yeah. what at least you'll know you've got something in common <laughs> <laughs> uh threesomes and gay daddy bear are the other two. Um, and yeah. uh, cougary, cougary, and sugar well, d. Yeah. Well, okay, but they get what you say on the tip. They're okay. I mean, herpes dating. But the rest of the story is relatively boring because it's just an S three bucket that nobody. But secured. how do? Well, you. But how does this keep happening? This is not the first. This well, is not the first think. time. This certainly won't be the last. How does this keep happening? This is why how we're in business, so, Chris. How is, is it so business. difficult? How is it so difficult to set up an S three bucket properly? Kev, you have views on this, surely. Uh, go back, uh, I can't remember exactly when, but go back a couple of years and S3 were, uh, they didn't have default really restricted permissions. They now have uh, very restricted permissions because we've seen this so often now. S3 buckets just left open to the world and uh, S3 now mark everything when you set it up, when you first configure it as this is not public. What that's led to is lazy developers uh going Ooh, blaming I, the developers not i'm not saying every developer is lazy oh, i'm saying that heard, in these instances <laughs> rather than trying to figure out an effective security permissions they've just gone allow everybody to read this i really think the story is a little bit more in depth than that they've not gone oh i can't be asked for security read all like they've they've what they've done is they've obviously made a misconfiguration or something's gone through from staging to prod and nobody noticed and all of a sudden all of these like four or five dating sites are using the same they're basically just skin the same fundamental yeah. application isn't it yeah. and it's exposed data i mean the actual brilliant part of this story though is actually that um it's security researchers that found it they did a responsible disclosure and nobody's personal uh 
images that isn't personal data ofs, uh, whatever, um, were, were leaked out for all the bad things that could have happened for um, all the kind of um, sextortion. Uh, it's pretty uh, amazing when yeah, you think about it's, it. It's it's brilliant. And that's why the kind of um, responsible ethical disclosure is is such a great part of our industry today. I, I have I have I still have questions. Um, my main question actually is about how an application in an app store in, a, in an official app store uh, gets checked for all kinds of stuff like is it like what permissions is it asking for and why like is it dodgy is it um, secure like could it result in someone being you know hacked in some way like it's very it, we're very interested in looking for malicious making sure malicious stuff isn't there and, and yet it seems to me like surely there must be some way of automating to see whether an s3 bucket that something connects to is secure or not isn't there not necessarily it depends how you've architected it so yes it's an s3 bucket in the in the back end that's storing all this data but the app might not be requesting it directly from the s3 bucket the app might be going to a middleware proxy and asking the proxy to send it onwards in which case the app would only test against that proxy um you would never you might never know there's an s3 bucket behind it yeah i mean i don't, I, i'm not saying that i think it's i'm not actually saying that i think it's amazon's um, problem i think they they've made the configuration options available i think it's more to do with the fact that if web applications and mobile applications are uh putting data in those places I feel like someone has a responsibility somewhere and it's not the user. Someone has a responsibility somewhere to identify that that is still a thing that although is not malicious, it still presents a risk to the user. Um, I, I wonder whether we got caught up in whether things are malicious or not um, when actually when things are, mis are badly configured, that's just as bad. This is why DevSecOps is really important as part of your uh, software development lifecycle uh, because the, if your developers don't understand the security side of the house, they they might not understand the danger of having that SV bucket. They they might not have any control of it at all. It might be your DevOps team uh, that has created this. The developers might not be aware of how permissive those things are. So making sure that when you're building applications that touch a lot of infrastructure, it's making sure your developers, your IT operations, making sure that the DevOps are talking to the security teams and the developers is key to making sure you're handling all that and in some instances you have to have buckets that are open uh, there are legitimate reasons why you would have a uh, an se bucket that can be read by the entire world but probably not full of people's naked photos uh, absolutely not yeah. no I but mean, but it's the whole point those buckets store data that needs to be accessed so you have to access the data that's in those buckets like the fact that it's read for everybody is obviously not 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 the right design but like that's the whole that's the whole point here like i bet you the revenue generating part of those apps was set up absolutely perfectly <laughs> <laughs> so it's not to do with the fact that you know they don't necessarily care about their users or don't care about security or any of that it's just not on their radar like the focus is i'm building an app to generate revenue um and that's what i'm gonna that's what i'm gonna build probably on the radar now <laughs> uh to their to their credit they did act very quickly uh when they were informed uh to close it down so it's not like they just ignored the report when it came in or or tried to hand it off i mean they didn't That's say they didn't, they didn't pay a bug bounty they did they kev 
I mean, they were like, <laughs> ah, finished. Is that what coding, I'm not is saying what, they were perfect? Coding sounds like. In, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not saying they were perfect, but they could have done the difficult thing and just ignored them. There's a lot they could have done. So, uh, the one tick they get is they went and fixed it very quickly. Yeah, and and it does make the point that in the case of herpes dating, it might even reveal your health status. <laughs> Thanks. No, really? Thanks for that. Wow. Yeah. And the fact that you're wow. even a member of the site was that. <laughs> That's PII. <laughs> That's no, it's no, no, it's not. <laughs> no, sure. I, I think we've definitely come to the end of our useful time. If you've enjoyed this podcast half as much as we have, please do subscribe, rate, and comment wherever you get your audio content. And if you want to know more about Immersive Labs, you can find us at immersivelabs.com or follow us on Twitter at Immersive Labs UK. Until next time, from all of us, goodbye. 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 goodbye.